my most of my audience growth a lot of it anyway has come from being featured in blog posts or you know roundups or whatever of designers on youtube and then people link to my channel and do a little spiel about it and put my video and a lot of people have found me that way and that's because i put myself in this box of being a design youtuber and saying if you want videos about design you can come to my channel here's some cool stuff that i've made Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. Today we're going to be talking about getting your work noticed. This sort of self-promotion can feel a bit, I don't know, a bit icky sometimes. We don't want to be tooting our own horn too much and showing off or, you know, making it all about us. But at the same time, it is really important to get your work noticed if you're wanting to build clients, you're wanting to build an audience. It's a thing that you should want to happen and is a perfectly valid thing to want to have happen, basically, is what (laughs) I'm saying. You deserve it, basically. Yes, yes, that's what we're saying. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what our biggest struggles are, what our listeners' biggest struggles are with getting our work noticed and getting over that feeling that it's something you shouldn't be doing. Should be a good episode. First, FM, how is life going? You've started your new job. Yes. Things are happening. You want to give us an update? Yes, life is going well. I have started now at my new job at Uber, so I'm taking it easy with side projects. I don't want to overcommit myself or get too overwhelmed or wear myself out, so I really want to concentrate at the moment on my new job and sort of have that be my main focus at the moment. So I've kind of been turning down other commitments or making sure I'm sort of available for these first couple of months because, you know, when you start a new job, I think it takes a little while to figure out the rhythm and the routine and the workload so yeah right now I'm just really focused on work and I'm still obviously ticking side projects along on the side we're still recording this podcast and I'm still planning to do my newsletter I'm just you know taking it really easy so yeah things are going really well I'm excited I'm having a good time at work and yeah all in all having a good time. I love that taking it easy for you means Still putting out a weekly podcast and a newsletter and running a, you know, design community. Yeah. Well, taking it easy for me, I guess, means saying no to basically everything at the moment and only committing to what I've currently committed to up until this point. And so I'm not taking on any new opportunities at the moment and just focusing on what I currently have in front of me. Makes sense. How are you, though? I'm doing well. Uh... I'm heading to the States again for the next ConvertKit company retreat this weekend when we're recording, but I'll already be there, I think, when this episode goes out. Yeah, so there's a lot to get done before then because I don't have any buffer of videos at the moment. So today I've got to write a few scripts for some and then tomorrow will be a filming day so that I can make sure I've still got content going out while I'm away. Uh, Also, something cool that we've started at work is we've started taking the Focus course by Sean Blanc. Cool. You've heard of this, right? Yes, I have heard of it. It's basically a 40-day course that I think we're going to be doing over a longer time frame so that we're doing like three lessons a week rather than five uh, and then meeting to discuss once a week because we have a little book club. It's very cute and very fun. Oh, that is cute. (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, it's a course all about improving your productivity and your focus and I'm hoping that it will help me get more out of the, you know, 40 to 45 hours a week that I put into my job because there's a lot to do there and I don't want to end up 
being someone who works 60 hours a week because I've got so many side projects that Mm -hmm. I just couldn't do that. So, yeah, looking forward to taking that. Seems good so far. Only on day zero, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to give a little bit of a summary for those listening what the focus course is in case they don't know? Yeah, well, like I said, it's just it's a course about improving your focus and your productivity. And I don't know much more about it from other than that because I'm only on day zero. Nice, day zero. Well, <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? Exactly. <laughs> so should we talk about today's topic? Let's talk about yeah. getting your work noticed. There's no way to make a good segue to what I was just talking about to this. So no, we're just going to hop right into it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm going to start by asking us what we asked out to our listeners on Twitter because we've had some... So many great responses that we want to get into straight away. But first, I think we should answer the question. What is your biggest challenge, Femme, with getting your work noticed? It's such a hard question. And I don't really, I haven't figured it out, basically. I mean, I still struggle with getting my work noticed. And I've been putting my work out there for maybe three years, maybe four. And it's something that I still struggle with. You know, I'm not some famous dribble artist or Instagram pro. I like I have barely any followers on Instagram, less than 300, I think. So I, I definitely can't speak from a, a, a point of view or from a privilege of knowing how to overcome this problem because I struggle with it as well. And I think for me, my biggest struggle is just not necessarily putting it out there like I'm I'm okay and comfortable with publishing mm-hmm. my work I know that we'll, we'll probably get into it later but a lot of people struggle with yep. that itself is just having the courage and the confidence to actually post it uh, but for me I guess my biggest struggle is getting people to care and and knowing what like how to communicate it in the best way possible like how to present it uh, in an exciting and informative and valuable way that gets people interested in it and starts a discussion. I, I'm i always posting things online and, you know, sometimes when it comes to my own things, I, I put it out there and I kind of feel like I'm putting it out there to crickets. Mm. You know, like, yes, I have over over 3,000 followers on Twitter, but still sometimes I'll, I'll for example, I'll, I'll post a tweet linking to my latest article and just, you know, not really hear anything. And so that's probably my biggest struggle is even though I have a little bit of an audience, it still doesn't mean that I get a lot of engagement. And so that's probably my biggest struggle is not necessarily publishing it because I'm okay with that point, but actually getting people to care and interact with me. Makes sense. I feel like I have a little bit of that too with everything that isn't a video, pretty much. Like my videos get well received. I definitely don't get as many views as I do subscribers. Probably like I don't know one percent of my right. subscribers actually view that, my videos. Is that normal? Like I think it's normal to get like maybe ten percent. Okay. Some of the biggest like people have like a million subscribers could get like a hundred thousand views on a video, and that being okay, normal, okay. which is just so weird to me. But anyway, uh, my biggest struggle, I suppose, with the caring and you know getting people to actually take a look thing is when I share something that it is more of a piece of design work. For example, every year I put out this music infographic and I spend so much time on these things, you know, collecting the data, analyzing the data about like my listening habits, concerts I've attended, records I've bought, etc. I go into like the locations of the shows and like where were they and yeah, I make this infographic out of it and they don't it doesn't really get much of a response. Like which is 
fair enough. Maybe people don't care about my music listening mm-hmm. habits, but that's, yes, work that I'm really proud of. And it, it is always really disappointing when people don't care about it as much as you do, I suppose. But I think that's not my biggest struggle. I'd say my biggest struggle is remembering to share my work. Like, uh, right. often I will, when I post a video, I'll, I'll do an automatic tweet about it from YouTube. And sometimes I will not think to mention that video again. And then I see other people who do a great job with like mentioning it on Instagram, on their stories, uh, making a post about it on Pinterest, sharing on Facebook, sending out an email Uh about it, uh, remembering to tweet about it several times during the week. And then like months later, going back to that video and pushing it out again, or when there's something relevant that happens to do with that video, pushing it out that bit, I'm just not good at at all. And I think it's something I do need to get better at because I can't assume that everyone is going to be online like in the one moment when it goes into subscription feeds or when I tweet it. So yeah, I'd say that's my biggest struggle. Yeah. I mean, it it sounds like you're the same as me though, in that you, you don't have the struggle with confidence of, of sharing your stuff. No, I don't think I'm, I, the way I see it is if someone didn't want to hear about my work, why would they be following me? Mm, mm -hmm. You know? And I feel totally okay with sharing this because I follow a lot of people who also share their work and I want to see it. So I assume that other people are interested at least in seeing the option of clicking on it. You know, I'm not expecting every single person who follows me on Twitter to click a link in every tweet that I do. Mm-hmm. But I, I personally don't see anything wrong with promoting the work that you have. And so it's interesting for me how other people don't think of it that way, but I can also see where they're coming from. Especially when you're starting out, right, with this, starting to promote your work and promote yourself, you do feel like you're being a bit attention-seeking. Yeah, I think so. I think it comes down to how you go about it. To me, it's not, I don't view it as promoting my work. I view it as sharing my work in the hopes that that will help someone else or someone else might enjoy it. And that is such a fundamental difference there in, in those two words. Yeah, I think so. So those who are struggling with this sort of confidence thing or maybe feeling like, for example, we had Todd in the community uh, and he said, you know, there's something about tooting your own horn that's just inherently gross. The whole look at me thing. I have no idea to promote my work without cringing. And my response to that would be don't promote it. No, you're not promoting it. You are sharing it. And I think it comes down to how you go about that. Like, do you, to me, promotion is like using dirty hashtags and marketing speak and, you know, ha- tagging on the end of it. Oh, and by the way, I'm available for this kind of work and blah, blah, blah. Like to me, that's like a promotion. Uh, but sharing your work, I think, is completely different. It's a different approach. You know, you're putting it out there, you know, first of all, to, to share it, like you're proud of what you did. And I don't think there's anything wrong in that. I think it's it's fine to to share it because you're proud of something that you made. Uh, and also just uh, how you position it, you know, for me, when I share my articles, I, I don't add any hashtags or any sleazy marketing talk. I just simply am quite honest about it. I'm like, you know, here's a thing that I wrote about. I hope it'll help you. Or I had a lot of people asking me this or sharing the struggle that they had. So I wrote this article about it. Maybe it's helpful for you too. So I think it comes down to how you position and phrase it and how you think about it as well. I just want to, give out a shout out to hashtags. I don't think they're as bad as perhaps you do. (laughs) I think that where hashtags uh, come off as sleazy is when they're 
they're overused yeah, in a right. tweet or an Instagram post or whatever. And it seems like all the person really cares about is getting this hashtag in there. And especially when they're used within a sentence, it really breaks up the flow of actually trying uh, to read it yes. and really puts me off. But I don't see anything at all wrong with hashtagging something relevant on your post if it means that the right people will find it, I think that's totally fine. You just shouldn't go overboard with it because then it just looks a little bit thirsty, to be honest. Yeah, I suppose it's like a use with moderation or use with care Caution. Kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing, right? Like yesterday, there was a really nice hashtag going around that was hashtag visible women. And it was women, illustrators mostly, sharing and highlighting their work. And it was so cool. I went on the hashtag and it's literally just hundreds, if not thousands, of posts from talented illustrators, all women, sharing their work. And so things like that are a great sort of way to, to start as well. If you are worried about how to start sharing your work, then sort of find a place or a community that will be encouraging and supportive and join that and sort of partake in that I think is a good way to start yeah I like that and the difference between that hashtag visible woman and something like just doing hashtag design hashtag illustration think how many tweets go out every second and like how many of them could be hashtag design you know your tweet is just going to be pushed down immediately in a big bunch of others so is there any point in adding that you know marketing speak to it go for the the more niche ones, I suppose, is is definitely better. Yeah, I think you and I are probably on the same page when it comes to this, but I'll just speak for myself, which is that I would prefer to have like 100 really engaged niche followers that engaged with me and appreciated my work and had conversations with me than like 1,000 people that are just totally random and never look at my tweets or talk to me. And so I think that's where those sort of niche hashtags can be really useful because you can target those those people that you know will be really engaged and actually care about what you're doing rather than, you know, hashtag design. It, whenever, and I don't really do it anymore because I this is what happened to me. But whenever I used to hashtag like hashtag marketing or hashtag design, I would just get these like random businessy marketing growth hack people that would just follow me and never talk to me, never engage with my tweets. I'd usually just block them. So, you know, think about who who's your, who you're targeting and who's going to consume your tweet when you are adding a hashtag and if that's going to be valuable for you. Yep. Great advice. Louise as well talked about this like idea of, of pushing your stuff up self ugh, pushing, pushing your stuff, your stuff out there. <laughs> pushing your stuff out there. She said she gets imposter syndrome with sharing and that feels like she's not good enough or popular enough to share it and thus doesn't promote herself as much as she should. And that with the competition she's less unknown, so it feels like other people have more connections, so get their stuff noticed more and then hired sooner. I think these are like cause and effect right if you don't share your stuff you can't expect people to see it and so that's what you have to use to push through the imposter syndrome and you don't have to be already popular before you share something you know mm -hmm. you can you can share something if you've got two followers those two people can see it in their twitter feed you know there's no number that you have to have before you start sharing your work yeah, I think it's also easy to forget that everybody starts somewhere, right? Yeah. And all of these popular or famous 
designers or whatever that you're following, they've probably been on there for a long time, you know, longer than you perhaps, and they're probably a lot more active than you. They're probably posting daily, if not at least weekly. And so this whole comparison thing, I know it can be really hard to overcome because I still do it too. And it's it's difficult, but I would just say just focus on you and just, you know, you just have to start, you have to start somewhere. And so try not to compare yourself too much to the competition because I don't think that's fair on yourself. No, I don't think so either. Michael seems to also be struggling with this, said uh, his biggest struggle is getting into the mindset that it's okay to push work out there and share it around and says that sometimes as designers, we tend to overthink the small stuff Mm -hmm. in his opinion. And this is where I think this overthinking comes in is when we're sitting there thinking oh is this being too like self-promotey is that a word it is now (laughs) before you tweet something like no it's a piece of work you did just put the link to it on twitter with like yo this is why i think this would be useful for you to click on Mm -hmm. maybe don't say exactly that (laughs) you know don't overthink it that's the thing because when you do sit there and think about oh does every single person who is following me on twitter will this be valuable to them maybe not but to the few that it will be, they will appreciate you sharing it. And the others can just scroll right past it. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah, that, that's a really good point too. I think by not sharing your work, like you're potentially holding back that opportunity from someone else who could learn from it, right? And so yeah. I think it's good to think from that perspective as well of like, okay, well, what what can I share that could be helpful for somebody else? Or like, if I didn't share this, what would I be holding back from the world, you know, and kind of think of it from that perspective. I think for me, I also used to really struggle with perfectionism and feel like Mm. everything that I had to put out had to be really perfect. And we've talked about this before. I, you know, I wrote that article a few months ago about this pressure to always have perfect polished work. And so what I'm trying to do now more of is just, share more of the process and the behind the scenes and and be comfortable with sharing work in progress and things that are not perfect and I mean that can be hard like if you're just starting out with sharing your work then you probably want to start with sharing out finished pieces or polished pieces but over time I think you can maybe relax that barrier a little bit more and get a little bit more open and comfortable with sharing behind the scenes stuff because that's also really valuable. Yeah totally agree. Another common thread that I'm seeing in responses from people is one step further from sharing your own work, and that's how to get others to share it as well. Mm. Because obviously, when we share our own work, it's just going out to our audience, right? And that's great, but that is also limited. Um, And that's why I think things like hashtags can be good when it's a niche hashtag, because it does break you out of just your own little bubble. Um, Ariel said that, one of her biggest struggles is knowing who to share her work with. She said her friends are lovely and supportive, but who do I go to outside of that? And again, um, who was it? Gisela said, uh, just figuring out how to get others to notice me. Do I use hashtags? Do I follow and comment on other people's posts? Do I ask my current followers to share my work? Do giveaways? Watch too much? I don't want to seem extra, but I want the attention. <laughs> Fair enough. You deserve the attention. Yep. I love the honesty there. <laughs> I don't know. What's what's your thoughts on this? I think my thoughts on this would be to go beyond your current circle. And, you know, maybe your circle is Twitter. Maybe your circle is Instagram. Like wherever that sort of your comfortable go-to place is. Uh, obviously, you know, you want to reach beyond that and reach people that you haven't yet reached yet. And I guess that could be done in multiple ways. Like for me, some of the things that I've done 
uh, is go to other platforms or other communities. So for example, Designer News, uh, I've published my work there before, which reaches a whole different sort of community cool. and network of people. Uh, Hacker News as well is another place to go. Um, you know, Dribble, of course, if you're not like a regular poster on Dribble, uh, maybe you could try there to sort of reach a new network. Uh, so I think kind of like reaching beyond your sort of comfort zone and your little bubble of friends and just trying different platforms and different networks. Uh, something you could also try is, which I haven't sort of really done much of, is you could uh, submit your work for competitions or something, uh, or you could ask to speak at a local meetup of yours about a project you did and sort of share your whole process. Things like that too, like trying to get involved in your sort of local community or online community and just finding other creative ways to kind of get your work out there. Yeah, I don't have much advice to give on this because I'm not very good at this myself. I'm always like so happy and pleasantly surprised whenever I am tagged in a tweet where someone else is sharing my video and like writing something nice about oh, it. Oh, that's nice. And, and obviously it's nice when people retweet as well. But yeah, the fact that someone takes their time out to write an actual tweet and link to it. I mean, I know it only takes a few minutes, but still, you know, they didn't have to do that. And so that's always really nice. I wish I knew how to encourage more of that, to be honest. I personally wouldn't recommend giveaways as a way to grow because of what we were talking about before with the quality of the audience that you get. Right. I've done giveaways on my YouTube channel in the past, but I've always sort of hidden them uh, within the video. So it'll only be for people who are currently subscribed to, to win the prize. It's not going to be people who are coming along just for the giveaway and then aren't actually interested in my content and are going to leave straight after if they don't win, you know? I I don't know. That's just the way I see it. And well, well what was the result of that? How, how did that play out? Did you gain new a new audience or did you notice no, that? No, because that wasn't the point. Right. So it was only your current audience that subscribed to yeah. it. Yeah, it was only people who were actually watching the vlog because it was at like six minutes in or something that I announced I was giving away right. a microphone one like the one we used to record our podcast. Right. So if you weren't watching, then you didn't get a chance to enter. But I still had, I think, over 300 entries. Maybe it was over 400. So a good number of people did see it and enter. And I'm happy that someone won who actually watches my content and <laughs> who I can feel that more of a connection with, yeah. you know? Yeah, true. I've never done a giveaway before, but I do see a lot of artists and creatives do giveaways, especially when they are launching something new, like a product or something. Then mm. I've seen that, people do yeah. giveaways, I, but I don't have any experience with that. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Could be something I feel to like try. when you're launching something, that's a, a different situation. I would definitely be up for doing a, you know, open giveaway for something like that. I just mean more like giveaway as a reason to grow. Right. It's probably, yeah, probably not the best way to go about it. Yeah. But when you're launching something new or you've got a new design out or something, why not? Because then the people who are taking part in the giveaway are interested in your work specifically. Mm -hmm. I want to share what Holly said in the community. And she says, my biggest challenge is not getting disheartened when I'm putting out work that I'm really proud of and isn't getting as much attention as a as I'd like, especially from potential clients. We kind of talked a little bit about that already, but then she goes on to say that her biggest success that she's had recently is doing a daily book cover project and posting each design on Instagram. The scope of doing something bigger than a single piece that people can get behind is proving useful in gaining growth in, in an audience. And 
Interesting. Yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me actually. I think yeah. if if you're listening to this and you're you know you haven't yet gotten into some kind of routine of sharing your work and maybe some kind of routine would be good for you and useful for you, I think doing something like a, a challenge, whether it's daily or weekly or, or whatever, or just making a project for yourself that is consistent output is a nice way to get in the habit and the routine of of sharing your work and have you done any of those before Charlie I know that there's heaps out there like days of type and other random uh, challenges out there no I've not but I don't think that it's about the doing a daily challenge I think it's about the niche that you're creating when you do that Mm. and the the project that you create when you do that because people so to back up a bit my most of my audience growth, a lot of it anyway, has come from being featured in blog posts or you know roundups or whatever of designers on YouTube, and then people link to my channel and do a little spiel about it and put my video. And a lot of people have found me that way, and that's because I put myself in this box of being a design YouTuber and saying, if you want videos about design, you can come to my channel. Here's some cool stuff that I've made. Yeah. People are more likely to post about that body of work than they are about, oh, this girl made this one design video, so we'll feature her. And I think it's the same for these projects. When you do commit to doing something daily and you build up a body of work about it, people aren't going to share a single Instagram post that they really liked. Well, they might, but it's less common. But if someone has this body of work that's all like amazing type for 30 days or something and it's 30 pictures you can look at, they're going to be very likely to share this account and be like, this is, there's so much inspiring work here. So that's why I think daily or, you know, projects like that are really, really great for building your audience. Yeah. I think that comes down to value and quality and quantity as well. And also being consistent, right? Like we've talked about this before, you know, you're far more likely to take interest or follow someone that is consistent and active on their account as opposed to someone who posted one thing a year ago. So whatever it sort of is that helps you be consistent and make sure that that content that you're producing is, you know, both of high quality and and a good amount of quantity, then I think you're on the right track. And this is why I think that I shouldn't feel disheartened yet about my music infographics not going down as well as I'd liked because there's only two of them, you know, maybe in a few years time. And I, you know, I've shot myself in the foot by making this a yearly project because it's <laughs> going to take a while to build up the body of work. But, you know, when I do have enough, or maybe I can do some little side ones mid-year or something, it'll be a more interesting thing for people to link to because there's more for them to consume. Yeah, I think like the Feltron annual reports, I don't know if he was wildly popular in his first year. He probably was because it was a pretty cool concept. He took like data from his own life and personal relationships, you know, where he where he had coffee that day, how he commuted, etc., and put it into like an annual report like a company would do. If anyone hasn't seen it yet, it'll be linked in the show notes. They're amazing. I love them a lot. So good. But but their popular their popularity definitely grew over time, you know? The more of them that he had and the more it showed that he was committed to this and everyone was excited to see what's new this year and how's he going to handle it this year. I would love one day for my music infographic to become a series like that, it'll never become as popular as Feltron. But, you know, just to have one person who's excited to see it would be amazing. But for that, I need to show my consistency more and I need to, yeah, give it time. So don't be too disheartened if you just put out one piece of work and it doesn't get the attention you want because it's still out there and it could still grow over time. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. 
I want to address what Susanna said because it's very interesting to me and not something that I personally deal with. She said whenever she posts something, she has the overwhelming desire to take it down again. And that part I can relate to because there's always that moment when you're like, oh, no one's reacting with it. So, like, should I just pretend that never happened? (laughs) But what Susanna goes on to say is that as soon as someone comments on it or gives it a thumbs up, she feels like a fake and wants to go back to being invisible and that there's perhaps a bit of social anxiety going on there. And this makes me feel really sad because if you're sharing your work, then you're proud of it. And it's it's awesome that someone has taken the time to comment on it or give it a thumbs up. Just take a second to appreciate how great it is that another person, another human in this world has taken a few minutes out of their day to look at your work and to appreciate it. It's a small thing, but I feel like in this social media age where, you know, likes are thrown around like... I don't know, lollies at a lolly scramble. That was a really New Zealand <laughs> saying just then. But, you know, someone has taken the time to do that and you should appreciate it and realize what it's like from their side that they saw something in their feed they enjoyed. So you put a little bit of joy into their, you know, scrolling through social media, even if it was for just a few seconds before they clicked the like button. That's still awesome, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I think I can understand how Susanna feels probably that – that realization as soon as someone interacts or engages with it in this case whether that's a comment or or a like or something I think that can spark this sort of feeling in you like oh okay well someone's obviously seen it uh what do they think of it are they are they judging Mm. me are they you know it's it's sort of a validation message back to you that somebody has seen it and yes they've taken the the time to to leave a nice comment which is nice but I think it also can instill this fear like okay well someone's seen it who's the next person that's going to see it and what are they going to think of it and I can understand that might you know give a little bit of anxiety uh but I think the advice that you shared Charlie is is great like you should be really proud of it someone's taken the time to appreciate it and so just just persevere and keep going and don't please don't take it down that that's sad I think you should be proud of it and leave it up there I agree should we end on Eric's message because he has shared some amazing tips for success sharing his work yes so good and getting it noticed Eric is we talk about him in every episode lately I feel (laughs) he's just been such an engaged community member it's so lovely to have him in there yeah and he's just you know our friend so we like him a lot but Eric does great work, great lettering work, and he makes murals as part of his uh, day job for WeWork, and he's always sharing amazing stuff on Instagram, on Twitter, or whatever, and so I think he's the perfect person to give some advice about getting your work noticed. I think it was actually, Eric can correct me in the community or on Twitter if I'm wrong, but I think it was posting online that helped get him his job, something like that anyway, so that's just something to keep in mind, but anyway, he says uh, that... He thinks that there's always this fear of trying too hard and that he made the analogy that nothing is less funny than a comedian who seems like they're trying so hard to get you to laugh at their joke and that the same is true for design. If you're putting your work out there and using all the marketing speak and tactics, you're going to turn a lot of people off. And it makes sense because then I feel like you're not human, right? right. You're this marketing bot yep. Yep. <laughs> and people don't really connect with that. Um He gave a few tips from his successes, though, in sharing his work that I think we should share and pass on to you. The first one is make it unique. Don't just do what everyone else is doing. This is key because this is what gets you talked about, right? And what gets you people more interested in sharing because it isn't something that they've seen before. Yeah, like the Feltron reports, right? Like nobody had seen that before when that came out, which makes it interesting. 
He says to focus on both quantity and quality. This is a tough one, mm. but it is true. Finding that balance. Yeah, and this is why, again, I can't expect people to be noticing my infographic that I spend all this time on because... The quantity is there's, low. There's just two of them, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've got to find some balance of making really high-quality stuff quite consistently and on a regular basis. And that can be tough to hear, but maybe it means scaling back your project. Maybe it means, you know, doing something small and then something bigger once a month or, you know, once every six months or whatever, but small things in between. He said presentation matters and that how you showcase the work can make all the difference. I feel like Eric does a really great job using Instagram's uh, multiple photo posts. Like sometimes he'll post a horizontal drawing, but across two or three images so you can like scroll along and see it and that makes it quite fun to interact with i also like when people post like the the finished work in the first one and then you can swipe to see the up close details that's really cool as well yeah i like that too he said you've got to put yourself into your work because you are unique i think this connects to that first point too is that you do have a unique point of view to share because no one else is you and so if you let that show in your work that'll help for making your work more unique Be consistent sharing on social media. Obviously, weekly or daily is ideal. Yes. Yes, it is. And it can be hard to remember, but we've all got to try. (laughs) Share the process, but don't give away everything all at once. Always leave people wanting more. Mm, I liked this one because it wasn't something that I had really considered. And now that I think to to Eric's work, he definitely does do that because I, I see it and I'm always like, how did he do that little thing? Or what's the detail there? And he does leave it out. And I think... That's kind of nice because it leaves you lingering and coming back and it always it also instills like curiosity in me and, and that's I think also what makes him really interesting as an artist to follow. Yeah, totally. And he also does a lot of sharing too, like sharing encouragement for sketching and and learning to draw. Did we say Eric is a hand lettering artist? We probably should <laughs> I can't <say> remember. <laughs> but um yeah, so it's not like he's being totally standoffish and not sharing anything that he knows. It's just that he's not going into absolute, you know, minute detail on every single thing that he does because it does leave people wanting more. And it's cool to see, I love the the frequency at which Eric posts means you can see improvements as well and you can see when he's mm. trying out a new style and like experimenting a bit. I think that's quite fun. Yeah, thank you so much, Eric, for sharing this advice. I think it's it's top notch. And and you listening, I, I also think you're super lucky to hear this advice from Eric because it's just so good. Yeah, I think it's a perfect thing to end on. I don't know, is there anything else you want to, any closing words you want to share, Femme, for getting your work noticed? I think I would just say to just believe in yourself and have a bit of confidence. And, and like we sort of talked about at the start of this episode is think of it as sharing your work and, and not promoting. So think of sharing your work and how that can help others and how you can build a, a sort of brand for yourself or whatever it is that you're trying to build for yourself and yeah don't think of it as sleazy promoting because it's it's not and yeah I just encourage you to start sharing your stuff because you can do it and don't feel like you're boring people or annoying them or anything when you're sharing your work maybe if you're going to share it like I don't know five times a day that could get a little frustrating if it's all within (laughs) the space of like 10 hours but you know don't be afraid to to put your work out there because you never know who's going to be interested in seeing it Good show, Charlie. 
Yep, good chat. Where can people go to find more good chats like this? They can go to designlife.fm. If you go to designlife.fm slash community, you can sign up for our community and we'll be in touch with you with your access when that happens. And you can also follow us on Twitter. Where can they follow us on Twitter, Charlie? Well, if you head to at designlife.fm on Twitter, you will find us there and you can pitch in with your own thoughts on future episode topics. We'd love to hear from you. Cool. Chat next week. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.